This morning, God's Word comes to us from Acts chapter 1. Acts 1. We're going to be reading just the first 11 verses of this chapter. Acts chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. What we hear now is God's Word. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during forty days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And when he had said these things as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. Well, kids, if you uh, were thinking about that last song that we sang, if you were listening to the scripture that I just read, uh, you know that there is a special day coming up this week. This week, Thursday, is a significant day in the life of the Christian church. Because this week, Thursday, is Ascension Day. A day that we recall the ascension of our Lord from earth back into heaven. Forty days after Easter. It is a day that is often overlooked by the world. You will not see any signs in Walmart's window only five shopping days till the ascension. They won't see anything like that in the world. Unfortunately, it is also a day that is often overlooked in the life of the church. We think the ascension is so important that, that the Lord's Day before, we focus on what took place and on its significance in the life of God's people. 
Maybe, maybe we don't appreciate the ascension because the significance is not self-evident. If I asked you about the other Christian holidays, uh, what's the significance of Christmas? Well, we know the event. It is Jesus being born. The significance, the God of creation takes on flesh on our behalf. He is incarnate for us. If I ask you, what's the significance of Good Friday? You know the event. It's when Christ died on the cross. And the significance, it was our sins that he took to that cross. If I ask you for the significance of Easter, the Resurrection Sunday, you would say it is a picture of, of the new life that we have in Jesus Christ as he rises from the grave. But what's the significance of the ascension? Perhaps we know the event. Forty days after Easter, Jesus goes from earth back to heaven. But what is the significance? And that's what we're going to look at this morning. The significance of the ascension for Christ himself, the significance of the ascension for the church, and the significance of the ascension for the world. The ascension was significant in the life of Christ himself because he is leaving the earth to return to heaven. He is returning to his Father because he has completed all the work the Father gave him to do. Luke writes, in the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up. He returns to the Father because his work on earth is done. He had come down, he was born incarnate, took on flesh, he had lived a perfect life, he had died an atoning death, he was raised from the grave on Easter Sunday, he had spent 40 days teaching his disciples about the kingdom of God, and now, having completed the work, he returns to his Father in heaven. It was a significant day in the life of Christ. It was, it was a homecoming for him. Now we know about homecoming. I see some of our college students have returned home. There's, there's a homecoming, a joy in that, in returning home once again. Maybe some of you have had to travel for business and you're away from your family for some time. And there's a great joy in returning home again. Some of you, I'm sure, have served in the military, being, being off on deployment, and there's that, there's that excitement coming back home. Jesus is returning home. Home to the glories of heaven itself. He has lived 30-some years surrounded by fallen, sinful men and women. He has lived in the context of sin. He has taken on that sin. And now, having completed his work, he is brought back to heaven, leaving that sin, leaving that world of sin behind him. His, his entrance into heaven was, was a glorious blessing for him. But it was, more, it was more than just a change of location for him, going from earth back to heaven. 
His entrance, his ascension into heaven was also a recognition of who he was and his role now in the life of his people. He was ascending, not simply from earth to heaven, he was ascending to his royal throne. The ascension speaks of the kingship of Jesus Christ. And we still use that language today. When a king takes the throne, he ascends to the throne. Perhaps some of you watched the coronation of King Charles III and all the pomp and circumstance, and he ascends to the throne. He takes his place as monarch, ruling and reigning. Jesus Christ ascends to his royal throne to demonstrate that he is king over all creation. No longer being seen in that role as suffering servant, but now being seen in his role as eternal king. The significance of the ascension for Jesus Christ. Leaving the sinful world, returning to heaven to sit on the royal throne as king, enthroned over all. The significance of the ascension for Christ. The ascension is also significant in the life of the church. It's significant for us because of our relation to Christ. Because we are united to Christ. We see Christ ascending from earth to heaven. He is, he is there now bodily. I know I've said before, we must not forget that the incarnation was a permanent state for Jesus. It is not as if he came to earth, took on flesh, and then left that flesh behind when he went back to heaven and became spirit again. No, the incarnation was a permanent change for him. Now, to be sure, he has a glorified body after the resurrection, but still a body. Jesus is bodily in heaven. And that's a blessing for us. To be reminded that we will be taken to be with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The grave is not the end for us. In the past year, some of you have stood at the graveside of a loved one, and we commit the body to the ground. But that is not the end. There is a glorious resurrection of the body that we look forward to, and we, we can be assured of it because Jesus has gone from earth to heaven bodily. And for all who are found in him, we have that sure hope. We have that assurance. We too will be taken to be with him. And we will be freed. Freed from all the ailments. Freed from all the pains. 
freed from all the infirmities that now we suffer with, freed from weakness, freed from pain, most of all, we will be freed from sin. God will take us to be with himself. We will be with the Lord forever, freed from the temptation to sin, freed from the guilt of sin, freed from the shame of sin, because we will be where Christ is. He has told us in the gospel, I'm going to prepare a place for you, that where I am, you may be also. That's the significance, that's the blessing for us. Where is he, children? He is in heaven with the Father. And he will take us to be there with him. The beauty of of the ascension and its significance for the church, we have our own flesh in heaven. And God will take us to be there as well. That, That is a wonderful blessing for the future. We look forward to that day. But there are blessings for us also now because Jesus has ascended. Blessings for the church now. What is Jesus doing, kids, up in heaven? Is he sitting there on his throne just waiting? Waiting for the end of time? Waiting for things to to, to finish up? Is he sitting there really doing nothing? Jesus has gone to heaven, and he is there as our advocate. He is there who who is pleading for us. He is there ruling not only as a king, but as a priest king. Now, his priestly work of sacrifice had been completed on earth. He offered the perfect final sacrifice. But the priest, their role was not only to sacrifice, their role was also to pray for God's people, to intercede for them. And we talked about this, I think it was just last Sunday night, about about Christ's work of intercession on our behalf. He, He... takes our prayers and brings them to the Father. In Christ, we have the Father's ear. We know that He will hear us. We know He will listen when we call out to Him because we have a priest king in heaven right now advocating for us. One who is there enthroned in glory, and yet one who cares about his people. We just sang, yet he loves the ones he leaves. He is there advocating for you. He is taking your prayers and bringing them to the Father. He is taking those prayers and even the prayers that we offer with halting lips, and he perfects them. And he brings them to the Father on our behalf. That's why, kids, at the end of our prayers, we pray in Jesus' name. Or we pray for Jesus' sake. God, hear us not for my sake. Not because of who I am. 
but hear me for Jesus' sake, because of who he is, the priest king advocating in your presence on my behalf. We we pray in Jesus' name, we pray for Jesus' sake that God would hear us because of who he is, because of the ascension because he has gone from earth to heaven. He has taken that royal role as king and beyond that as priest king, one who speaks to the Father in our defense. Jesus told his disciples, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, wait for the promise of the Father. You've heard me say, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Another significance for the church is that Jesus, in going up to heaven, promises the sending of the Holy Spirit. Now, we're not going to talk much about that this morning, because only two weeks from now, we will celebrate Pentecost the outpouring of the Spirit. And we'll talk then more about the significance of that part of the ascension. But we do see, we do see that in Christ, going back to heaven, that Christ, in the promise of the Holy Spirit, blesses His people by giving them the power to do what God has called them to do. In the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, he says, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You will receive power, power to do what God has called you to do. And it is that power that is given through the Holy Spirit that then then highlights the significance of the ascension for the world. It's the power given by the Holy Spirit that highlights the significance of the ascension for the world. We read in verse 8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Because Jesus went back to heaven, he promises to send the Holy Spirit, who would come not many days from now. And in that that giving of the Spirit, they would receive power to be witnesses. Witnesses to the truth of Jesus Christ. What do witnesses do? Witnesses, we think about, uh, you know, if there's a car accident, we look for witnesses. Who saw it? And who can describe what took place? That's what witnesses do, kids. They, They see things. And they tell the truth about what happened. Jesus says, I'm going to send you the Spirit so that you will be my witnesses. You will know the truth of who I am. And you will be able to tell others. And that's the significance for the world. Because Jesus went back to heaven. He promises to send the Holy Spirit and commissions us to interact with the world, commissions us to be witnesses and to share with them the truth of who Jesus Christ is. And he says, you will be witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. And oftentimes when we think about being witnesses to Jesus, we think about the ends of the earth. 
You know, I, I, I can't go to the ends of the earth. I can't go to Africa. I can't go to Asia. I can't go to some strange country to witness. But where does he begin? You'll be witnesses right here. Right here in Jerusalem. That's where it starts. We are called to be witnesses where God has placed us. Now, perhaps some of you may be called to go to the ends of the earth, and that's a wonderful thing. It's a blessed thing. But just because you're not called to go to the ends of the earth does not mean you're not called to be a witness. It starts here. It starts at home. It starts in our circle of influence. It starts with the the people we regularly see at the coffee shop when we pick up our coffee in the morning. It starts with the regular grocery clerk who we see every time we, we get our groceries. It starts with the neighbor next door who, who maybe we haven't talked to before. But we are called to be witnesses. This is the blessing of the gospel for the world. I said this coming Thursday is Ascension Day, and again, the world will not recognize that. But perhaps we can use that to our advantage. Perhaps on Wednesday, uh, when you go into work, uh, you will say to one of your coworkers, Blessed Ascension Day. And they'll say, What? <laughs> well, today is the Ascension. Well, what's the Ascension? The ascension when Jesus Christ went from earth to heaven. Well, what, 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 what's that so important about? And now they're asking you about the gospel. You don't even have to, t- to try to you know, start the conversation with them. They're asking you, what, what are you talking about? We use their lack of understanding to our own benefit. And we are witnesses to those around us. Witnesses to the truth of what Jesus Christ has done. That, that, that's... That's the blessing for the world. But the fact that he went from earth to heaven is also a warning to the world because of verse 11. Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come again in the same way you saw him go to heaven. Jesus will return. He will return as king and he will return as judge to judge the living and the dead. In his first advent, he was not acknowledged by those around him. In his second advent, when he returns again, everyone will acknowledge him. Either with joy, rejoicing that the king has returned, or in dread and fear knowing that everything about him was absolutely true. And so the warning for the world, he will come again. Embrace Jesus Christ today. Embrace this priest king today. Know the blessing of his ascension, not the warning of his ascension, that he will come again. And and that's something of what the supper declares to us. Jesus told us to do this until he comes. In the old Lord's Supper form, we had the language of, that is a promise, he will come again. And his people will eat and drink with him 
in the glory of his kingdom. When we come to the table, it's, 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 a, it's a, a declaration. We know he's coming back. We know he's coming back for his own, that we might enjoy a glorious future with him forever, but he is also coming back as judge. And unless his body and blood was given for you, for the forgiveness of your sins, that will be an awful day when he returns, comes back from heaven as they saw him go into heaven. The significance of the ascension, it's an important day in the life of the church. That's why we spend a a Lord's Day service talking about its significance. Significant for Christ, returning back to his Father, having completed his work, leaving, leaving sin behind him, and returning to the joy and glory of heaven. Significant for the church, the promise that we will be taken to be with him. We will be bodily with him, glorified bodies in heaven, and we have an advocate there who prays, who is taking our prayers to God himself. And significance for the world. That we, as we witness the truth of the gospel, will see the work of God, and many will come to embrace Jesus Christ. If they do not, they have nothing but terror to look forward to on that last day when he comes again to judge the living and the dead as he promised he would. This ascension, a significant day in the life of the Christian church, a day for us to celebrate the finished work of Jesus Christ as he reigns priest king over all creation. Let's join together in prayer. Lord our God, we do thank you and praise you for the work of your son. We thank you for his work of redemption, that he did everything necessary to accomplish the full salvation of all of his people. We thank you for his ongoing work of intercession, that even now he takes this prayer and brings it before you, that that we have an advocate in heaven. He takes all of our prayers to your throne itself. Lord God, may we rejoice in Jesus Christ, rejoice in what he has done for us and continues to do do for us, the blessing for us, his people. Hear our prayer, O God, for Jesus' sake. Amen.